very warm welcome to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills podcast. My name is Nick Tibusek, and with me is Rado, the boss. Bossage. How are you doing, Rado? I am doing good. Yeah? It's great weather here in Munich. Not a beautiful Friday morning filming a podcast. Um, yeah, what more can I ask for? Same here in Munich. <laughs> This is so lovely. All right. Um, we have a, a very, very important topic today as we're going to talk about deloads. Um, the big, big topic about deloads. All right. Um, let's jump into our lovely deload topic. And I would say, Arado, can you tell me why should we deload? Taking a rest? What the fuck? Yeah, rest, rest for the week. Right. Yeah, rest for the week. Why would you take it? I, I really don't see a reason to do that. Like you just progressively overload, and that's it. You don't need anything else. Uh, I'm sure we we were all like that at the start. I actually hated my dealer weeks before, uh, but right now I started to realize how valuable those are. Not just as normal training weeks. Um, basically, why I want to deload is to uh, first off dissipate. Any fatigue that has built up, uh, both physically and mentally. Um, so over the course of a training block, of course, as you progressively overload, um, it takes a hit on your system. Um, not only muscles, but also tendons and ligaments, of course. And those structures simply need a bit more time to recover, um, especially like if you compare the recovery rate of tendons and ligaments, it's a lot slower than uh, the muscular one. Uh, so definitely one of the reasons to take a slightly longer rest than just, you know, one or two rest days um, definitely makes sense with the deload. And then, of course, um, what I mentioned with the mental fatigue, uh, like uh, hunting PRs every week and every training session um, is mentally really draining, even if you don't feel like that, but it definitely um, affects your mental state. And... Um, yeah, it's good to take some rest from that, back off a little bit, um, and you know, recover mentally too. Of course, I love that. I wouldn't have to add anything on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now is the question: um, How often should I actually deload? Um, I I like that because that's a tricky one. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the classic uh, coach answer. It depends, you know. <laughs> you can't really tell, and I think this is something um, that you learn to um, see over time. And of course, it depends on so many factors. Like, it's not only your training stress; you have to take into account uh, the life stressor that the life stressors that you have. So, for example, if you are in a less stressful uh, life phase, you would probably be able to overload over a longer uh, duration of time and thus your training block will as a consequence be longer. If on the other hand you have a really stressful uh, life phase, I'm sorry, um, then this definitely affects your performance in the gym and your performance will then affect your state even more because of that added stress, which will have a bigger effect. And then uh, your training block will probably be shorter 
so you can't really say but um you know a guideline is definitely don't deload too soon uh, because like the more often you deload the less opportunity you have to actually progressively overload and thus actually make progress and this isn't to say that deloads are bad and a waste of opportunities it's just that it is suboptimal for long-term games. You know, if you deload every second or a third week, then you know what's the sense of it then? So, <laughs> <laughs> although I, I think I never saw someone who deloads in the second week. Um, uh, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you didn't saw him, that was the reason why you didn't see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that skinny. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> All right. Um, to, uh, next, next to the to the uh, thing that you have a lot of people, uh, you, you hopefully don't have a lot of people who who deload too often. Um, yeah. I think you have a lot of people who deload too less. Actually, um, that that is actually something um which is a little bit kind of dangerous i would say because um you tend to overload yourself a little too much which gives you a bigger chance of getting injured and usually when you're pretty fatigued you probably don't hit that much prs as you could during a complete year looking at it for a longer period of time And um, so to find the right balance for a person is actually, it is important to find the right time. But on the other hand, you will never find the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And also like with people who don't need deloads and that often, you can also put the question in, are they, are they training hard enough? You know, because, you know, If you don't train hard enough, then of course you won't have the need to rest. And then as a coach, you should jump in and see, um, is the person really hitting the intensities that you prescribe in the program? Yeah. Because it's inevitable. Fatigue will build up and you will need to deloads yeah. sooner or later. Yeah. I've, I've seen athletes who took deloads after, I don't know, eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. And that shows in the beginning you they weren't training hard enough. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it, it, this is not not something to 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 look at them. Hey, you're not training hard enough, or something like that. It's just uh, sometimes when you have an athlete, it just takes a little bit time to get him into the understanding of what he's capable of, and that yeah. it takes some time sometimes. I mean, mm -hmm. I've I've done that myself. You know, when when I when I started um, with my uh, current coach right now, I, I had the same thing. I think my first block was like 12 weeks and that, that was completely normal to me at that point because I wasn't used to, to uh, deload very often, but it was in the end, it was because I was actually not training hard enough. And right now you can tell that I usually have like every, my deload every after four weeks, usually that's pretty normal to me now, right now. Um, This is not this is not a rule. You don't you don't have to have your deload after four weeks. It can also be that that your usual deload time usually comes in after five weeks or six weeks or three weeks. 
this is a little bit, I would say that's the time frame that is pretty common in between three to six weeks, somewhere in there. Yeah. Every everything that's longer than that, I would review that a little bit. It might be that it's just one block. If it's common that it is like that, you might have to review that and see, okay, is that guy really, or that girl, uh, pushing himself mm -hmm. um, or herself? Blah, blah, blah. I hate that. Fucking hell. Um, uh, <laughs> um, is that person <laughs> pushing himself enough? And that's, that, that's actually the thing um, that you have to review there. But... On the other hand, you also have sometimes people who um, are training for like I don't know, like five weeks, mm -hmm. having having coming coming uh, the performance is coming down in the sixth week, yeah. and then coming up in the seventh, mm -hmm. and that's also a phenomenon that that's pretty crazy because that's what it makes so individual because sometimes it is like that and sometimes you have people who peak in the third week and then you have people who have a very good performance in the third week, shitty performance in the fourth week and amazing performance in the fifth week. Mm -hmm. And you have to see that and then find out, okay, what, what really makes sense to bring in the deload at the right point? Because it's also sometimes that you have someone um, who tend to kill himself that much in week number five, that it's maybe not the best idea to bring that person into this fifth week all the time. <laughs> yeah, because it could transfer over to the next block. Maybe, no? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you take the break a little earlier mm -hmm. and give that person the chance to bring, bring that performance up over the long term. And so you see having that in there, it's not like you have that best time after that you have to deload. So, um, in in like like all the time, try and error. Yeah, it's trial and error, absolutely. Um, like I found out for myself that um, if I have a really strong week and the numbers go uh, up, then it's usually the best idea to deload next week. So after my strongest week, it's best to deload um, because otherwise the upcoming week, if I don't deload, uh, the weights go down. You know. Um, and this, you know, from a training standpoint, isn't maybe such a big issue, but mentally it affects me a lot. So it's just better to go into it and yeah. stay at those numbers that I hit. You know? that's, that's, um, that's very important. So that you can actually build up block by block. Exactly. Exactly. Because th that add up, that week that's add up, uh, kind of kills the momentum of the block that has been built up over the course of the weeks. And then the block kind of doesn't seem productive so much anymore because of that extra week, you know? So yeah. um, if you find out that it's better for you to deal with that your strongest week, uh, don't think that you're missing out on any gains. Just definitely do it. There are many reasons to do it. I, I have, I've seen that with, with uh, not only you, but, but uh, several athletes, yeah. not, not with everyone. Yeah. This is, there is always an exception, but it's with a lot of people. When you had a very, very good week. And for, for that to say, please don't take the first or the second week for that. It's, there, there is one, one rule to bring in there. Start easy. Build momentum. That's heavily important for that. 
really give yourself the time to build the momentum and bring in the very heavy weeks in week number three or four so that you don't kill yourself in the first or two, uh, second week. It, it, when you have to deload after that, that it's it's just shit. Yeah. That's that's too much deload of the over the year. I mean, every third week to having a deload, like we already mentioned, it's that's not the best idea. But when we jump into that topic, um, would would you would you say um, do you like do you like to plan your deloads? Yeah, um, I think like it's also tough to answer. Um, it also depends. I'm sorry to say that answer, but this is also something that you can find out for yourself. And I know people like Greg Knuckles who like to um, separate the way you can deload in two ways. So like this proactive and this reactive way. Uh, proactive would be that you plan in advance when you want to do your deload. So when you write your training block, you say, Six weeks from now, I'm going to do a deload and you uh, base your training according to that. And on the other hand, you have this reactive thing that when you realize, all right, my performance is starting to suffer, it's going down, it's not going as planned, and you're in your third week, even though you plan the deload in the sixth week, uh, you can then reactively say, all right, I'll do a deload next week. Um, yeah, and this is something that you need to find out for yourself, what works best for you. Uh, there are some individuals who thrive better when they have, uh, you know, have deload in week six. Uh, this leaves me at five weeks to progressively overload and they can really push themselves. And then you also have people who, you know, just um, don't have this certainty in life. And sometimes uh, a lot of things come in, which affect the training, of course. And then you have to be reactive and adapt uh, the training block to that. Yeah. Oh, it is absolutely possible to to plan a deload if you know how the circumstance is going to be during the next weeks. Yeah. So uh, let it be like, okay, I know how much the stress in life will be. I know um, that I going to be on vacation in about six weeks. My usual block length would be around four weeks. So I have to uh, pull that a little bit longer that block that, that I have. Yeah. Um, and um, the, the important factor here is to, as a, as a coach, to make the athlete understand, okay, don't push too hard into that. Keep the intensities maybe uh, um, for another week at, at an RPE seven or something like that. And don't go into a nine by week number three, because we have to, <laughs> deload when you are on vacation you know because it just makes more sense to to deload when you're on vacation why should you train completely hard when you are on vacation when you just want to enjoy yeah. that you know <laughs> so sometimes you you have to plan that and then everybody has to really understand what is to do to be able to to be have that planned That's that's very important. To 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 plan it, you need to have more information, and both sides, the coach and the athlete, have to understand all the factors that come in there, and of course, stick to the roots. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, there are several uh, several strategies when it comes to deload. Mm. 
So it it's a classic. It depends. This whole episode just depends. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I have a I have a my my favorite deloading strategy. Best deload strategy. The best deload strategy in the world. Reserve gains. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, actually is the one that fits to what you did and what you're going to do in the next block. I just lost my 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 sentence. Fuck. Maybe I can uh, add up on that. And also, like, what type of person you are, how you react to your training stimuli. Like, some someone could uh, react very well to volume and intensities just kill them. So you would probably leave the volume a bit higher um, in the deload and the intensities lower. And then you have people who thrive on intensities and volume just wrecks them all the time. So you go down with the volume, keep the intensities relatively the same, and that's the way you can deal with it. So you have to find out for yourself, right? Am I this person or this type of person? This, of course, takes trial and error time to find out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Gesundheit. <laughs> All right. Um, this is also this is a very, very important one that you have to find out what, what is the person like. On the other hand, you also have to check out in what phase that person is or in what phase is that person going to transfer. Yeah. As, um, there's, of course, the possibility to, to just lower intensity and keep the same volume, which um, would act actually uh, make sense when you're in a strength block and the next block is going to be a strength block two. Um, then you just jump into that and... You can say as a as a, a rule of thumb, you usually take like I don't know, I do know, uh, 30 30% less intensity, roundabout. That that's a pretty good rule of thumb for that. Yeah. Um, so you jump from 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 your weight that you that you actually moved around 30% downwards. Um, And that's that's a pretty okayish rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, when you lower the volume and keep the intensity the same, there are also like two strategies to that. You can cut the reps in half. Yeah. So when you did, I don't know, like like six reps of squats with 180 kg, you do three reps. With 180 kg, which keeps the intensities pretty pretty much the same, but on the other hand, you cut down the the the, the volume, which would be an an interesting um, interesting strategy for someone who's in a development block, mm -hmm. where you actually have. Um, not so high intensities and the volume is also not too high. Yeah. So when you when you're right in the middle of something, then it's a pretty good strategy. When you're in a very high volume plug, where you usually um, have, of course, not so high intensity because you have a pretty high reps and uh, pretty high. <laughs> um, 
uh, set volumer, um, then you probably cut down volume a little bit to get everything a little bit more rested because the intensities will not be that high yeah. in comparison to what you would be able to do on a one rep max usually you know that's the thing here so um to cut down the volume on that would also be a good possibility um yeah lower volume same intensity you can cut down the reps in half or the sets both is possible and of course you can also lower the volume and the intensity <clears throat> um which is also pretty interesting because that's this is also it how how it depends like like you already said it's completely up to the person that you're working with so yes. what what i see is there are different people who react different to different deload strategies in different times so this is again collecting collecting data about mm -hmm. an athlete makes absolutely sense to bring up the right deload strategy for the right time for the right person. <laughs> what, what again brings up the thing working with an athlete for like, I don't know, three months makes absolutely no sense mm. because you just collected enough data after one or two years to have the right thing for that person to always manage him the right way to make him gain. So after one or two years, you know enough to be able to do that stuff. And then comes the right gaining phase. So that, that's a pretty interesting one. And the, yeah. on the other hand, it, I think it's also very important that an athlete who listens to this podcast right now keeps that in mind, collects his data about that stuff, or collects it together with his coach. And when he may switch, give that data to the next coach. And that's very important. It's it's unbelievably important to, to do it that way because everybody profits from that. When, when I get an athlete who already knows his data, it's so much easier to bring <laughs> to work with him because I don't have to find that out and vice versa. If, if I give an athlete to another coach, it makes absolutely sense to tell him, hey, this is the, the right deload strategy for him in that phase. I know that about him. And, you know, that, that's, that's also a very, very important factor here. So collecting data is all the time just interesting. It saves up so much time. Yeah, <laughs> so much time. So another one would be something that you are doing right now, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I'm currently in a quote-unquote washout week. It's another way to do a deload. And what you basically do in a washout week is you basically uh, switch up the movements that you usually did or you switch up the repetition ranges or the intensities and um, kind of have a different training stimuli to what you usually have. So, for example, I used to have uh, low bar back squats. Now I have front squats in my washout week. Or I used to do uh, weighted dips. Now I'm just doing high repetition dips uh, or max out pull-ups instead of weighted pull-ups. So um, yeah, this is basically a good way to kind of get away from what you usually do in your usual routine in terms of training. And I think it's especially good for the head because of this change. 
Um, and of course, the over intensity is doing me really well because I'm able to rest from the higher loads. And this high rep stuff, I think also because it introduces blood flow so much, um, is also good for general recovery, you know? So, um, yeah, what you can use your washout week for is to uh, try out some different things, see how that works for you and maybe plan that for the uh, upcoming block. Or you just maybe want to have fun in your deal of the week and introduce some stuff that you didn't do a long time. And yeah, have fun with it. No? That's very important. Especially when you're someone who's very, very committed to, to training and um, is doing very much the same stuff over and over and over again. Um, in this case, Rado is training the same movements for a very long period of time now, um, which always switched up a little bit, but in the end, it's pretty much the same. That is very common to every um, competition athlete because you have to train what you have to do in competition, of course. But from time to time, everybody knows that you want to break out of the routine because you get into this... I'm bored doing that. I'm so drained. Mm -hmm. I'm mentally so exhausted by this. I can't do this anymore. It may not be that heavy, but... <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly fine to be like that. I think that um, if people try to stray away from it in life, don't accept these thoughts, I think that can be a mistake. It's normal for you to feel bored if you do like the same movements over and over again over a course of a few months. That's perfectly fine, and don't feel bad about it. You know, you're human. It's normal. So absolutely, don't have bad feelings. It's it's absolutely okay to do so. But when you have that, um, a, a washout week or maybe even two can be an amazing strategy. Mm. So this leads up us to one topic which is also very important. Um, just, 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 just like, like a, a side travel. <laughs> How long should the deload be? Oh, yeah. Guess <laughs> what? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I usually like to view the deload as a week in a block. And I think that like, um, having the deal seven days uh, really fits well into my schedule and into uh, scheduling the training block. So that's why we usually keep it seven days or a full week. And then you also have people who say that it's uh, just enough to deal for three days because three days is enough to dissipate any fatigue that has built up unless you really did a lot of work and you just wrecked yourself completely. Then you, you probably have to deal uh, for a bit longer. And then you also have the other spectrum that uh, takes the dealers to 14 days. Um, it is a possibility, but then again, you have to ask yourself why. Why would you do the dealer for 14 weeks if you are able to jump into an neutral week after the first week? Yeah. So I think it is very important to mention here. I think having a deload for like 14 days. Usually comes out of of maybe not having the right deloads in maybe two or three uh, blocks um, before, so you didn't completely rest there. So you you accumulated some more fatigue than you should have done, 
and didn't completely bring it down. So you brought that into the next block and into the next block and into the next block and it adds up. And of course, this can help actually. So, some people need that to really bring that overloading in there. And it can you it can be used. But on the other hand, then you definitely should take the time where you may bring in like 14 days of deload because you just need that time. And this is especially for, for people who have more exercises, which um, are really stressing the central nervous system, which is everything that loads up the spine, like back squats and deadlifts and all that stuff. You probably won't have that with um, stuff where you, I don't, I don't want to be rude, but calisthenics is not that fatiguing for the central nervous system when you only do calisthenics even if it's a hard planche or something for the central nervous system, you don't load the spine that much. So there's no, not that much that the central nervous system wants to protect you from dying, you know? Yeah. And um, of course it can also make sense if you had maybe like a very, very intense phase, a longer phase, a period of time, not only one block where you really, hit maybe like the planche very, very hard and you have to recover the, the ligaments and tendons and all that stuff. In that case, it can also make a very, very much sense to do so because these, these, these things, they need longer time. Like, like you already said in the beginning, um, they need longer time to, 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 to recover from, from the stress, stress that you put on there. So um, that's also something that makes absolutely sense to do so. But it always, it depends. <laughs> I think those two are really perfect settings for uh, thinking about a 14-day deload. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what could also be another um, option for that would be that you um, use the intro week that you do after the deload week as an as something to accumulate into the next block which is something that i actually personally like to program it that way so the athlete has the deload week then comes an an um intro week which is just slightly maybe more volume or more intensity and um from there you you may think of it like like a little a ramp up into it so you start maybe the week with the with an easy volume and bring up the volume by the end of the week into the the actual volume that you want to have during the next block so the the athlete ramps up into the new block that's also a very good possibility to keep the 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 deloading effect a little longer and you you have this low baseline and ramp it up a little bit after <laughs> the, the person can't see what i'm doing with my hand right now i'm the the magical hand graph guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah to maybe like uh, connect on that uh, it's something that i noticed uh, since i've been um and coaching barbell coaching um like this boom effect after the deload doesn't happen in the first week it actually happens in the second week like where i feel the strongest and the best 
And this could be the reason for that, you know, because of the way you program the intro week that I feel the boom in the second week and under the, in the first one, because the first one is an introductory week that kind of just sets the base up for this momentum. Yeah. yeah. And this is very important to say that um, it's not like you deload and you jump into something completely fresh and I'm gonna yeah, burn don't... the world and I'm gonna destroy anything. No. Build the momentum. Please build the momentum. Otherwise, you just kill yourself in the first week and then you're done for the rest of the block. And that's not the goal. <laughs> you're not coming out of a taper and you don't want to PR in the first week. Just keep it light. And, yeah. That's a big it's difference. Yeah. It's not a taper. <laughs> <laughs> that's so important. We, we should may, maybe make another episode on the taper. If you like that, please hit us up. Yeah, shoot us a message on uh, Strength and Skills Podcast on Instagram. I would like to have a tape episode. I would love to hear that. If yeah, you like. definitely. I'm up for that. <laughs> okay. Um, we do have some 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 notes. So um, mm -hmm. we already talked about it. No, we didn't. The new uh, the 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 deload can also be used as something to prepare for the next block. Yeah. So that's also an, an interesting possibility to use it that way. So you uh, go in there, um, already doing what you're going to do in the next block. So maybe it is like I'm coming out of a very intense phase, I'm going into the next phase, which, uh, which I would say let it be like – two or three blocks, one phase. Mm -hmm. I'm coming out of these three blocks of intensity, going into volume, and I'm using the, the um, deload week to already do what I'm going to do on volume during the, the next phase, but with a very low intensity. So you actually work yourself into this, into this work capacity bringing up the intro week afterwards. So it's again, I'm, 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 I'm building graphs here with my hands again. <laughs> again, you, you ramp it up and you could do the same thing with an intensity when you're coming out of a volume block, going into intensity, you could of course start off with, with a lower intensity, less volume of course, and bring up the intensities for uh, until the point that you, the way you want to have it um, during the, the, the next block. Mm, so it would be a good possibility. So on the other hand, it could also be used um, to bring in the right technique mm -hmm. and the muscles um, as a muscle mind connection. Okay. That would also be a great opportunity to use the development block, uh, the development block, blah, 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 deload mm -hmm. to um, actually get a better mind muscle connection with really lower weights. But you may feel your quads so much better in, in the front squats to build up this muscle mind connection. There's also this possibility. There's, you know, there are so many possibilities. We're just showing you what what is possible to use the de uh, the the deload the right way 
for you in your personal circumstances at the right time. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we covered pretty much a lot of stuff. Do you have anything to add on? Yeah, we also could maybe talk about um, another way to do a new level is to actually not train at all. Um, mm -hmm. So to have full rest me. Um, I mean, this isn't the classic deload, you know, and it's probably suboptimal for gains because, you know, you're not training, obviously. But uh, um, people have a tendency to kind of demonize it and uh, feel bad about it to take a week off of training. I know, like myself in the past, I was really afraid to do so because I thought that all of my gains would just disappear and I'll have to start from zero. But that just isn't the case. You know, if you're going on vacation, um, please, like, if you don't have the perfect setting to train, it's perfectly fine for you to take a full week of rest. You know, you don't have to necessarily train it. Training shouldn't create you this stressful uh, thing in your life. It should rather benefit it. So, um, yeah, you won't be doomed if you take a full week of rest from training. Um, it's also not a way to deal with it. And I think it's also like, quite good for the head because... It gives you the time to think about this stuff. And when you don't have it, you actually realize how valuable for you it is. You know, so every time I don't train, uh, this realization comes up in my head. I, I really like to do this stuff. You know, I have passion for it. And uh, this resting state kind of builds up the fire within. And this is a perfect starting point to go into training then afterwards. I yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree on that. This is amazing. Now, um, there may, may, may be some people who think about it, um, yeah, but then I'm going to lose all my technique and all that stuff. Yes, it is important to know when you do that. No, I wouldn't do that when you're in a peaking phase in front of a competition. Yeah, absolutely. Because it will let you lose some feeling for the right technique. But when you are after a competition in something like a development block or very far from a competition to actually not train, it makes absolutely sense to use that to build up the firing again. That's, that's, that's a very important one right here. Good topic. Thank you for that. Um, it, that, that that's, that's very important right here. Um, and also for the not competi uh, competitive um, athletes who just want to go on and want to get stronger or something, it can also make sense for you because, of course, you have your own goals too. I mean, even if you don't want to compete in a competition, you still have your strength goals, of course. Mm -hmm. And from time to time, it makes sense to just take some time completely off, get your rest, build up the fire again and then we go on and prepare ourselves for the zombie apocalypse. That's also important. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry about taking a week off as long as not as, as it's not um, too frequent. So taking a week off like every four to six months shouldn't um, have harm to do harm to your training in the long term. There will nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Nothing. <laughs> Right. Um, 
I think that's mostly it. If you have any more questions about um, stuff on D-Load, please feel free to ask us in the hybrid athlete um, community. We have that group on uh, Facebook. You, you easily find it. And um, if you have us on Instagram, we also have that in the bio. So if you just click the link in the bio, uh, you get easily directed to, to that group and just join it. And um, feel free to join the conversation there. Um, we, we love to have topics from there. And we also take topics from there to bring them into the podcast. So you have definitely the chance to create this podcast with us and um, ask us the right questions. If the question is great, we love to discuss that one in the podcast. So uh, thank you for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this podcast, um, please feel free to share this one with the person and also feel free to, to share this one um, on your social media. We would love to, to have it shared a little bit more. Um, thank you for, for that doing that. And um, we wish you an amazing weekend and then another amazing sunny Friday. <laughs>